0: To the Bladcast Endgame Conversation, part one of many. I'm Christian Blatt. You can find me on the Twitter, the Instagram, at Christian DMZ. Joined as pretty much always by the one and only Captain Ian himself, Jeff DeRay.
1: This is the end of my game.
0: Now it's hard to say that you still have game. Look, mm. Miriam the Stripper, you had game. That's true. But I was got that a your end game?
1: Firm handshake from Chloe Kardashian and a s- strong look in the eyes earlier today, so I might have a little game. So, you might be uh, giving Kanye a run mm-hmm. for his money? Mhm. And by money, I mean a run for his crazy. Well, I mean, it's not Kanye, it's Tristan Thompson is uh is her baby daddy, Wait, so sometimes. I got
0: I got my Kardashians mixed yeah, was up Kim. like 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 everyone does. Yeah. yeah. Much. Okay, great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chloe's the tall one, so obviously good. they're, they're good not for all, me They're not all tall. No, Chloe's like tall, and oh, the others are like short. And, uh,
0: see, the, the, this is what we're here for—is to talk about the Kardashians. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, as always As we're doing multiple parts on Avengers Endgame Our friend Agent Starling will be with us uh, may, Probably next week But he'll be with us soon And uh, our friend Z will be with us We'll talk uh, to them about Well, if we're going to talk to the two of them It'll probably be about the female perspective on the movie Because uh, Will Sterling, our resident <laughs> feminist So they're going to talk about that one scene they're, Yeah, yeah And uh, I guarantee that they have a difference of opinion on those The two of them have a difference of opinion on that scene i think will probably liked it and uh zia hated it so uh we will talk about a lot of things but we'll just start off overall with the movie now i as i was uh showboating about on our previous episode i had the opportunity to see it a few days early at a press screening which was great because I didn't have to wait as long, but then I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I went with Zach Wilson, who I do Marvel movie news with for the Popcorn Talk Network. Thursdays at one Pacific. Thank you. And uh, it's the the uh, the plug bell. So, uh, but I couldn't talk to anybody about it. And you know, so like, I, you know, my wife wanted to know how it was, and I'm like, oh my god, it was, it was great, but you know, I can't really go into. That. Has she seen it yet? Yeah, I saw it with okay. her uh, last Friday. Good. So that's my second viewing, and I have not seen it for a third time. Time yet. Now, I know you're seeing it again tonight. How many mm-hmm. times have you seen it up till this now? will be the second? Just one. the second time, but you're going IMAX 3D, yeah, like vibrating seat. Yeah,
1: the they're uh, gonna tickle my balls.
0: Yeah, well, and then also you get the feedback where you don't even have to lift
1: a finger for the popcorn, you just strap it to your face. Yeah, and, well, I'm just gonna pee my pants, but that's just
0: I mean, standard. that's any
1: movie I've ever been to with you. The so, first time, so I, I should tell you this because I don't know if you knew this. The uh, for my first viewing. <laughs> It was a 2 a.m. viewing. Oh,
0: you talked about that, yeah, that you were going to do that. Yeah.
1: But here's the real kicker. I, we were in the very front row, I believe, or like the second to front row, all the way to the side in the Dolby Theater. And you'd think, like, uh, you know, these are premium tickets. For any ticket in that theater is a premium ticket, right? Yeah, sure. Worst seat I've ever had. Like, okay. the theater does, is not conducive to a seat okay. there. so did you say front row? Like, all, Second to front, second
0: to front. No, and this was assigned seating, so you that's all that was left. That's all that was left. Like, first, we I, like, I
1: got it late, and that was the only ones the left fact at that like you 2 a.m.
0: It doesn't even matter, it's 2 a.m.
1: Yeah, there should be some seats. You'd think, yeah, but, but there it was weren't. like pretty much, uh, pretty much all well, we got lucky. So, our seats were so terrible. Like, my neck was so craned because it's like this giant curved screen, and you're just way too close to it. It's yeah. just like, no, you shouldn't have seats here. Like, that just seems clear. Because you can't see the whole screen at once. Like, it's just physically impossible. And it, like, I, just from the previews alone, I had a crick in my neck. Like, it hurt. My neck was already hurting. And I yeah. was, like, really concerned how I was going to make it through the movie.
0: Considering that the movie's three hours and two minutes. Yeah. yeah. But
1: th- luckily, the basically all the seats to the left of us moving towards center uh well not all of them, but a ton of seats next to us were empty and we were like oh fuck please and kept our fingers crossed and like after the first scene or two in the movie no one had come we moved right in and Basically, we're right in the center, center front row. Fine, no problem. It's interesting. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I've only ever sat
0: like in the front like once ever, but it's you know before you could reserve seating, and there were just no other seats. It was for Air Force One, so I don't know how great the movie would have been anyway.
1: But uh, there's I've I know I've sat in the front other times, but like the one time that really sticks out because I was by myself, and I don't know if I chose it or if I just kind of like was screwed into going was. Lost in Space. The Lost in oh, Space movie. Matt yeah. one. Yeah. I went and saw that by myself. I had like a tub of popcorn and there was like no seats. So I, I remember sitting in front and just having to like crane my neck up. And I was like, oh, okay. This is but you were really there like. for the popcorn. Yeah. If you were and I was Lost also young. So yeah. it's like it's not as much of a problem.
0: Well, let's talk about the movie in general. I've talked a lot about this movie on the shows that I do in addition to the Black cast. Uh, As I mentioned, Marvel Movie News on Popcorn Talk and Marvel TV Weekly on AfterBuzz TV. And... You know, uh, it just seemed like that's where I should have put my thoughts about the movie out first, uh, especially since they were the ones who were nice enough to make sure I got into that press screening. But uh, obviously, we want to have a conversation with Black Cast Nation about this movie. Obviously, I think a lot of people want to know what we all think. And over the next few weeks, you're going to hear our thoughts. But then also, uh, some of you uh, will be joining us even in this very episode. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. For me, the movie was the emotional roller coaster that it probably was for most people. Uh, A lot of highs, just big laughs and just some just Truly upsetting things I posted on Twitter a little bit about this uh, I cried three times The first time I saw it Most of them tying into Are you uh, going to tell us what yeah, okay. yeah, Most of them tying into parental things And then one of them was just I would think I was just so excited about something That I couldn't stop myself But I also don't cry in movies typically I really mm. don't um, I talked about the the uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary that was out last year it Did make me cry a couple times It's for the same
1: reason What about Gladiator?
0: Uh, no, for- no. I think, uh, Gladiator, the Russell Crowe movie.
1: Yeah. The first time you saw it, you didn't cry? No, I definitely didn't. Uh, what?
0: because, you know, I, uh, I was a man back then, but ever since I became mm. a father, uh, I think that I, I see things a little differently and you think about, you know, for me, father-son relationships, but it's also, you know, father figures and things like that. A lot of what got me in this movie was that, and of course I came home and told my wife, Oh, yeah, I cried three times. So that means that I was at a movie with Zach Wilson from Popcorn Talk, and I cried with him in a theater three times. And my wife's never seen me cry at a movie theater (laughs) and barely ever seen me cry, period. So I was like, listen, when we go again on Friday, I know I'm going to cry again. And I did. I even cried a little harder one of those times. Uh, so and I, it's not like, a, you know, we, as we talk about the movies, uh, I'll, I'll certainly uh, reveal what those were. But a uh, lot of favorite moments that uh, we'll go through over the course. You should of make us episode. wait a
1: year to reveal when you cried. Endgame style. That's true Endgame style.
0: So May 2nd, 2020. Uh, You know, I think there'll be like three Marvel movies out between now and then. But uh, that's just sort of my overall big picture. Uh, This was a movie that obviously... I don't think I've ever anticipated a movie as heavily as this, even going as a kid between star Wars movies, just that year that I had to wait for this, you know, it's, it rivals, I guess the three years between no, Darth Vader can't really be his father, you know? And then you're like, Oh no, he is. Oh, and Leia's his sister. Well, that's creepy. But, uh, so just that level of anticipation, it, this is a movie that gave me everything that I wanted Everything I needed, and then a lot of stuff that I had no idea I wanted, and that I had no idea that I needed. It, it literally gave me everything and then some. Mm. Uh, so, just overall big picture stuff, Jeff. What did you think of Avengers Endgame?
1: It's a really, really fun movie, right? Like, there's, it had everything that was fun in the previous movies, like amped up times ten. Uh, like the action scenes were super exciting. The, the there were definitely, I think. More than any other Marvel movie, I found myself like laughing really hard at jokes, like yeah. almost embarrassingly. Like yeah. there are times I was the only person that left, and I was just like, "Guys, that was funny. That was really no." Funny. And it's like you know, like Rocket does like
0: sort of like the role that David Spade had on every sitcom he was ever on—just drive-by one-liner. You, drive one liner, you yep. know, that's like what Rocket's there for. You look like melted ice cream. You know, just a lot of like favorites throughout the course of the movie. So yeah, I agree. The laughs were big, and you feel like that's to kind of counterbalance the more dramatic moments i think
1: for sure and i thought it was i think considering chris evans movies and like Captain, the fact that this was obviously spoiler curtains have long been. Drawn. Oh,
0: yeah. If we're talking about this movie, we're going into all the spoilers. Yeah. Like,
1: if you haven't seen this movie, you should not be listening to us. If Except, you haven't seen this movie, just like in general, what the fuck are you doing? Like, well, yeah. If,
0: it, yeah, because if you're listening to this podcast, you clearly have some interest in this sort
1: of thing. And well, even the advertising has now officially gone s- spoiler.
0: Oh, I thought they were waiting until next Monday. No, No, I
1: saw a trailer today on something, maybe social media, with straight-up spoilers all over the place, like Professor Hulk and everything. Well,
0: yeah, you know, now that we're a full week in, because we're recording this on Thursday, May 2nd, the movie came out a full week ago. So it's like, look, you had a week to see it. If you didn't, it's kind of on you at this point.
1: I also think they're like, yeah, we made $1.2 billion. Uh, That's like what um, I think Chris... One of the Chris's did like some fast math uh, Chris Pratt maybe Where it was like that's like you know Average $12 which is not the average here But we'll say including Middle America like 100 million People saw it so that's a third Of the population of the country So it's just like of our country
0: Right well because in the country it made 300 million and then in the world It made 1.2 billion So uh, but yeah it's It's a sizable
1: percentage of the globe But just saying like imagine one-third of the population yeah. of, of America, like, just even contextually, imagine one-third of our population doing one thing in a weekend.
0: Yeah, well, you know what I would do to the uh, other two-thirds of the country that didn't see the movie? <laughs> so then we don't need them anymore. Because if they didn't see the movie, that's on them, you know? For and sure. I don't want to live in a world with people who well, haven't seen this movie.
1: Well, it's also, like, if you didn't make the time to see it over the course of that first weekend, really, yeah. it was just, like, then clearly you didn't care whether or not it got spoiled for you. Like, That just seemed obvious.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's all sorts of reasons why people like uh, our our friend Zia couldn't see it until that Saturday night. So that was a couple of full days. And she did get something spoiled along the way, but it's like, you know, to only have one thing spoiled, it's not so bad. But we do live in the age of where spoilers are so important to people. And look, I understand you don't want things to be ruined for you, uh, but... When you get to a certain point, it's like you know. Like I didn't see The Sixth Sense uh, for months until after it was out, and it's on me the fact that I didn't see it. And I saw there was like a joke on on Letterman. It was like a parody of The Sixth Sense, and it's it like I remember it was like Nathan Lane is like, "Yep, I was a ghost the whole time," and I'm like, "Okay, so that's my fault because I didn't see that movie." You know. Mm-hmm. So I always use that example. By the way, if you see The Sixth Sense knowing he's a ghost the whole time, it's not that great. It's okay, but I it's it. not great. Yeah, so uh, I've never been impressed by any of his movies because of that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Imagine if this was M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Avengers Endgame. But
1: anyway. <laughs> the, the twist at the end would be that Tony just, like, wakes up. Yeah. And it's all just, like, a fever dream in yeah. the cave.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's all, it's all still yet to come. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, there were so many great moments. And... I don't know. This is the sort of th- this is unprecedented because you've had the end of film sagas before, but you've never had 22 movies that, yes, yeah, some are more interconnected than others, but they are all interconnected in the same universe. And you get the culmination of that. Uh, one of the best ways that it was summed up is uh, afterwards, Zach talked about how it was. Like a series finale of a TV show that you watched for eleven years, mm. just because of the sheer amount of time that it's been a part of our lives, the amount of hours of movie uh, that it was, it's like it's absolutely the fact. Because they go and revisit some of the the past things, they go further back in time. Uh, on Marvel TV Weekly, I actually talked about the structure is eerily similar to the series finale of Quantum Leap because you see a lot of <laughs> characters from earlier episodes, and it ends with. Dean Stockwell and his ex-wife dancing to a song. It's like it's kind of the same movie.
1: <laughs> Is that Dean Stockwell? Is that the dude that he always sees? Yeah,
0: that's that's his friend who hmm. helps
1: him. So uh, he finally her. gets to be back with his wife? Yeah, essentially. I've never seen the end of that show, but I've definitely seen a ton of episodes yeah. like growing up. I remember watching Quantum Leap. That Leapin. was a
0: very important part of it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I will go out on a limb and say endgame's a little bit better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. It's, it's, it's the hottest of hot takes. But it it really is. It's such you know, you've just been with these characters for so long. And it's like it's weird because it's like it's like an ending,
1: but this is but like it's not even really. Yeah,
0: because we still have so this is the end of Saved by the Bell you know what it's more like
1: it's more like it, the season finale of the last season that like you know the good character is going to be right. on the show well, like that, the last season of Michael Scott on The Office right. or the last well, season the example of-
0: that I was going to use is like so this is the end of Saved by the Bell oh. but we're going to get the college years and we're going to get the new class gotcha, so gotcha. you're not going to like either of them anywhere near as much there was a there was a season of Scrubs after the last real season uh, that it, yeah. it had Zach Braff and Donald on a little bit mm-hmm. but it was more Mostly about uh, Carrie Bechet's character and uh, James Franco's brother. And it was like, ah, it's still kind of funny, but uh, it's not the same show. I don't like it as much. And I have a few friends who just stopped watching it because they're like, no, it's not the same show anymore. I'm like, well, no, it's not. So you're going to kind of inhabit a similar universe. The Russos and – well, no, Kevin Feige is the one who said that Spider-Man Far From Home is really the end of Phase 3. You can say that all you want to. I feel like this was really the end. Well,
1: so, so that makes me curious, like – What's because, Phase Four going to be? Well, no, because they're saying um, "Far from Home." Originally, I thought they had said it was before End Game, but now I feel like it could be after End Game.
0: I, I, I am fairly positive that it's after the fact that Tony Stark is uh, is that we not haven't seen him. The yeah. fact that Tony Stark's not in the trailer, but Nick Fury is mm-hmm. that made me that also and was Happy. One. Happy is is communicating yes, with that's uh, true. Happy and Happy is definitely communicating <laughs> with Aunt May. Hey now.
1: Wants to see just how happy I am. It's gonna be May. That's all right. I think yeah. that's fair. I sure. think that that y-
0: you earned that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so you know, there's uh, so many different ways to analyze this movie I- I- in, in the course of the weeks ahead, but um, I think just you know, we're starting with big picture. Um, one of the one of the biggest questions that people had was that the time travel doesn't add up in the way that time travel usually works. But they make clear in this movie that time travel doesn't work the way you think it does. Yeah. And you can't be angry that, no, their pretend science isn't like the pretend science from the other pretend show that I like. No, it's not like Star Trek and all the shows that they mentioned. And yes, Scott Lang is right. Back to the Future was a bunch of bullshit.
1: Yeah. Well, I liked the fact that it was, uh, I mean, I think this was the point you were making where it was like, uh, it seemed like Bruce or whoever it was established their set of rules. Yes. I like, can't go back and fuck with things. And then they met the ancient one and she was like, no, no, that's not what happens. You create divergent timelines. Like that, her explanation to him to me was like the right.
0: explanation. And, and that's in the movie. So then the, the question that I had, but I had to think about it and then talk about it and especially seeing it the second time. It, you, The biggest question I had after the movie was, you, well, you don't actually pluck him. So, uh, 2014 Nebula takes 2014 Thanos and brings him to, uh, I, I don't know what it is. Is it 20, 2023? 2024, 2024. Or whatever. So, uh, and then... He dies in 2024. Yeah. So he doesn't go back to 2014. And then in a lot of time, existing time travel uh, canon, it would be that, like, well, now he doesn't do those things. So you've created a paradox. But then their explanation is, like, no, all that stuff already happened mm-hmm. because it happened for the, the primary people. They just went and plucked him out of time. Yes, this creates alternate timelines. But the ancient one was trying to get you to not create them. But the biggest example of why this is the way that their time travel rules work is when present-day Nebula kills... The, and you assume she kills her she shoots her I think she kills past Nebula but then future as in present Nebula doesn't die mm-hmm. so the fact that that like obviously in anything else that you've ever seen time travel if something happens to a past version the present version goes away and yes it always goes back to the picture of Marty McFly with his siblings and they start to disappear and then his hand starts to disappear you know that is it's, it's the most tangible explanation you've gotten of time travel anytime before
1: so there's a movie I don't know if you've seen it or maybe I've mentioned but mentioned it before called Predestination with Ethan Hawke. Uh, I think you've mentioned it. I still have not seen it, though, for it's sure. It's an yeah. interesting time travel movie because in the movie, essentially, I won't, like, spoil it for anybody that wants to see it because I do recommend it, but it's just, like... Everything that was going to happen, happened, and everything that's going to happen has happened.
0: Right. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, that's, that's like I said. So, like, like we, there's established- Doctor Who
1: kind of does some of that sometimes where it's just like, no, it's always been this way.
0: Right. And with Doctor Who, they have those fixed points that you can't change, and then there's other ones that can be flexible. But, again, they established their rules for time travel. And you don't have to like them, but they're like, we did explain it to you. I think there was just so much of the movie to take in. And again, you come in with a preconceived set of ideas for what time travel is that you're not expecting it to work the way that it does here.
1: The only thing that seemed like semi questionable, but it's really just like not worth being questioning too much Mm -hmm. is uh, I saw there was an explanation where it was like Cap. Tra- uh, had to make another jump back to the primary universe or whatever. The old man cap to hand the yeah. shield to Sam, and it's like that makes sense, but it's just like who sent him? Who did he meet up with and right. create well, a dimensional portal the, with? But that's
0: the thing is that he has plenty of time. The person that makes the most sense is Hank Pym
1: for sure. And uh, I'm not saying that it it couldn't happen. It's yeah. just that that one was just like yeah. But it, you also don't need them to spend another hour make it a four hour movie explaining so all that of you these can things. Show that.
0: Yeah. And the Russo brothers have said that Cap going back in time to be with Peggy creates like a different universe, different timeline. Mm -hmm. So that's fine that you want to explain that that way. But then the notion that he just time travels the, the slow way and gets old and then shows up at Tony's house, that does create that problem. But then also he's able to jump to some point and be there so i don't know is he crossing through the quantum realm into different universes it does present some questions but for me i don't know i'm just like well good for cap Mm-hmm. Good for Peggy. You know, they did a great job in setting up this notion that we never see Peggy's husband. It's always vague as to who he is. Sometimes it's even listed as classified. They just say that it's somebody that he rescued at a very specific mission in World War II. And you can just interpret that as like, well, Steve rescued himself when he had to stop being the the showboat Captain America and actually getting to be Captain America. And they could very well have had kids had kids together uh a lot of people are like but wait a minute didn't he date sharon carter look it's a little creepy i get it but that's her niece that's not peggy's daughter that's her niece so again there's a little something it's a little weird but we don't know how serious they I were I feel
1: like you're not not allowed to date your niece yeah That's right, right well no it's it's your wife's niece you know what I mean? That's like, true. Like, there's not so it's niece not, by marriage. Yes, yeah, niece well, by marriage.
0: It's not blood. Yeah. Because
1: are you still my niece if we get divorced?
0: Exactly. That should be the title of this episode. Are you still my niece if you get divorced? So I wanted to kind of start with like that as as a problem that some people had because I wanted to just kind of tidy it up. And it doesn't have to be sufficient for people listening right now. They could still be like, yeah, but 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 I have all these questions. One of our, our friend Mark. Hunt is one of the people who messaged me after he saw it and I was like, look, I get it. It's not the the Star Trek or Doctor Who explanation for time travel, but this is what they feel like it works. And honestly, the movie is so good and I enjoyed it so much both times that I was never that hung up on it. It's just I had some questions, you yeah. know?
1: There's definitely stuff where you're like, "Oh, not everything is explained," but it's also just, and and you're also like, "Well, I could have used more of this," and it's just like, "Bro, we've already made this into two movies. We don't need to make it into three movies just to cram all this stuff yeah. in there." Like, let's
0: yeah, there, there there has been five and a half hours of movie on this story. I and people are making the point that like there are two very different movies. Yeah, but it's a, it's the same continuation of the same story. Mm-hmm. You know, and I even I saw a headline today that that endgame wastes the great character development of thanos in infinity war and i'm like endgame is the payoff we all knew we were going to get but it doesn't happen in the way at least not the way i expected it to here's what i thought was going to happen in avengers endgame that uh you know enough from the trailers and just theories out there that there was going to be some time travel aspect i thought they'd go back make sure he doesn't get the stones or they take the glove in the moment so that he never does the snap We win, everybody's fine, so uh, Gamora's not even dead, Vision's still alive, and you unsnap the snap. I thought it was interesting that, obviously, Tony, for very specific personal reasons, is like, you bring everybody back to right now, five years later. So uh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, Obviously, there'd be no way to. So I was legitimately surprised that that was what the overall arc of the story was. What about you, Jeff?
1: Um, I was, I was surprised because I didn't know what to expect that, that way, but it made sense to me just because it felt like the idea that they would have, like, I liked it because I felt like you have almost two movies in Endgame. You have that first part, which is almost the end of Infinity War. Right,
0: the first 20 minutes are basically like one really long post credit scene for Infinity War. Yeah,
1: it yeah. almost feels like one of those things where it's like, again, almost thinking of these two movies like a TV show in the way yeah. you, they they filmed it. It's like, they filmed the beginning of this movie when they filmed the end of that movie. uh, And then they waited until they were ready to film the rest of the season to film the rest of what happens afterwards. So that's why we see them a little looking differently because they had the summer off or whatever kind of, (laughs) but you know, but it's like almost the same thing where it's like, we have this thing, we have the conclusion of Thanos because there's still that development of that Thanos. Like that Thanos was so satisfied with what he did. And here's, um, they did present one of the questions I had, which was like, okay, uh, Ancient One said that a universe without the stones to protect it, it's like, fucked. They, after they return all the stones in their time, their universe has no stones to protect it. Right. That was another
0: question that I saw people asking. And my answer to that was, we are acting like there aren't going to be more of these movies. So yes, now... In the present day, there are no more of these these stones because they were taken from the past and sprinkled throughout time. But we did have five years of after Thanos destroyed the stones, and they didn't exist. So part of the implication is that's what Carol's been up to. You know, mm-hmm. she hasn't been able to spend that much time on Earth. But uh, I, I think that going forward it is going to be a concern. I think it's going to be a primary concern uh, in Doctor Strange 2 is because, you know, he actually doesn't have a stone to have in the Eye of Amigato now unless he plucks it from into the past. There's a lot of questions about how that could possibly It sets happen. up Dormammu. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, which is great and I, I don't know, I think there have been rumblings that that's what we're going to get. Uh, so, I think that it is one of those things that is not answered by the movie but I don't
1: think that means it's not going to be answered. I think it will be addressed in it a could be, movie. Yeah, it could be very intentional to be like, no, that's we you guys are all wondering who the next big bad is. We've already presented you the issue. The issue is that there's no infinity stones in right. the universe anymore. Now what? Because also don't they're having that Eternals movie, right? Yes. And are the, the Eternals I don't know this. Um are the Eternals at all related to the ones where it's like, they're basically like concepts? The,
0: the Celestials create the Eternals. Okay. They're not, to be completely honest, they're not characters I'm super familiar with. They had a limited series in the mid 80s that I read. I don't even know that I read all 12 issues, but I remember reading it and I don't know, I was like nine. I don't think I quite got it. I don't. I wasn't excited by those characters. So I'm not super familiar with those. Apparently there's a Neil Gaiman uh, Eternals run that, is great that i would like to read but then i'm also like but if i read it is that going to be the plot of the movie and maybe i don't want to read it so no. uh yeah I, so th- those are the sort of things that we won't know and until we know what the the next movies are marvel has i think three movies tbd earmarked in the course of the next year and a half that we don't know what they are you can assume doctor strange 2 you can assume black panther 2 uh, we know when Spider Man Far From Home is, but we don't really know when any of those movies are going to come out and
1: what those movies are. Um, okay, so then I guess my question is: I remember in a comic I had read, it was uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe Correct. or whatever. Yes. There was like beings that were basically like Eternity and the universe, and they they were related to like Mistress Death and stuff like yes. that. Um, so my question is, like, would those beings somehow have something to do with the Infinity Stones? They seem like they would be related because they're these, like, m- masterful cosmic right, And the, the Infinity
0: Gauntlet miniseries is Thanos has a similar plan to the movie. I mean, he wants to get rid of half the population, but he wants to kill, he might even want to kill everyone, but he does it because he loves death as a being and he wants to impress her. Mm -hmm. So I do think that those concepts will be explored in whatever these next movies are. But we're getting so far ahead of ourselves. (laughs) But no, that's why I wanted to kind of deal with the questions first because then it frees us up over the next few weeks to just really dive into the excitable stuff and it's not going to be a problem if Will or Zia or any of our special guests have any of these same, same questions. I just wanted to get it off my chest so that that I'm not burning to talk about it. Mm. But someone I am burning to talk to is big fan of the Blackcast, David Hines, who joins us now on the Blackcast Hotline. I wish that were a thing. You know, brought to you by Quiznos. This would be the perfect time the
1: Blackcast for Blackcast Hotline brought to you by Bach Toyota. Call in <laughs> unless you're a queer. <laughs> David, welcome to the Blackcast. Am I
0: welcoming you back to the Blackcast? I get so confused as to who's been on and who hasn't.
2: This is the second time. The first so. time was during the Civil War, so it works out.
0: Yeah, see, that works out perfectly. Uh, so uh, You
1: guys were on during the Civil War?
0: Yes, we were. Uh, oh. I, yeah, I was a Jefferson Davis guy, go figure, but uh, not everybody was. Uh, so, uh, David, uh, obviously you're here to talk about Endgame, but the most important question, have you ever visited our sponsor? Uh, where's Buck Toyota? Uh, on Route One on the Auto Mile.
2: Never been to Boston, unfortunately. All
0: right. Well, all right. Well, there's the answer to that. All right. Uh, so, in any case, uh, we just wanted to kind of give you the chance because we want to get Black Cast Nation involved in the conversation. What, just some overall thoughts? favorite moments and then we'll we'll dive into it a little deeper
2: um i only saw it once but i did see it that friday morning so it was like a 10 o'clock showing it was pretty much everything you guys have ever said about it it was pretty much perfect it wasn't guardians of the galaxy as far as perfect goes but the idea of wrapping everything up and given everybody kind of what they wanted throughout the movie is what made it so perfect.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that you get some very satisfying character arcs. And then there are other arcs that some people are, you know, leaving up for interpretation. Some people are not happy with the way that Black Widow's ended. Some people don't love the sort of cartoonization of Thor. But there's you know there's going to always be people that don't love everything but I, I feel like it's on the whole it's a very satisfying way to toy tie together all of uh these stories uh what were some of the favorite things that you saw throughout the course of the movie david
2: i mean i i understand the gripe about black widow i mean for me real quick for me the whole thing was they went there not knowing like nebula should have told them hey One of them, you know, Gamora didn't come back. One of you might want to bring somebody else along with you so that if you do need to, like, kill somebody, (laughs) you'll have your red shirt there along with you to get rid of. Yeah, but
0: that's not how Nebula operates. Even this like kinder, gentler version of Nebula, uh, you know, she's just like, hey, just. I think it was implied that yeah, one of you is going to have to do something.
1: I think also to that point, the only sacrifice that could be made is someone you love. So nobody's going to willingly go somewhere with somebody that they love, knowing that one of you is not coming back.
0: Right. It's not like you're going to get, uh, you know, A- Ensign Thompson, who was had two lines in the previous episode, uh, like to your reference about the red shirt. It's like. Yeah, yeah, we we'll just gotta kick him down the stairs. That's gonna be all
1: right. I think in another scene later in the movie almost speaks to the exact same situation without explicitly being so, where Doctor Strange says to Tony, he's like, I can't tell you because then it might not happen.
0: Right, exactly. He actually he says it won't happen. Well, he's like, won't. I can't I'm, tell you because yeah. then it won't happen. No, no. And, and I'm only clarifying the, the difference because it might not happen is different than like, no, if I tell you it will not happen. Mm. Uh, yeah, because he had the what, the fourteen million, I don't know, yeah. three hundred six or whatever
1: it was. Variations 5 million, 2,500 yeah. 2, 6,000 6, minutes, minutes. <laughs> I can't believe Will
0: missed that. I know, That's right? his favorite thing uh, Yeah, so uh, what were some other uh, other standouts for you, David, in the course of the film?
2: Um, I always like watching Rocket. I, I, I could have used more Rocket and the the um, Banner-Hulk combo was kind of disturbing to watch after a while, but it, <laughs> you got used to it Yeah. But it was kind of like wow, that's really creepy looking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. It was funny. I typically don't love Smart Hulk, but I think this version of it did really work and it was entertaining. Uh, but I just needed, because because of the fact that Hulk didn't really go Hulk in Infinity War after the, the first time he tries to get Thanos and he gets his ass kicked, I just really thought we would maybe get another big moment of hulk being hulk but instead we just get professor hulk the whole time and it's fine that's the story they chose to tell that's what bruce decided worked best for him but i was a little disappointed that we didn't get like full-on hulk hulk
2: Yeah, I couldn't believe in the end of the movie, he didn't at least get to go one on one with Thanos again. Well, I mean, like he's holding up the building, and then that's about all he did. Yeah, which is a
0: great callback to the well scene on the front cover of Marvel Superhero Secret Wars Number Four. He, the Hulk, is holding up a mountain uh, so that. All of our favorite superheroes don't get crushed. So it uh, was very reminiscent of that. And it's actually something that I've meant to
1: talk about on the various shows where I've talked about it before, but I didn't think of it till right now. I think one of the annoying things is that, like, there's no—from what they displayed in the original Hulk-Thanos fight, there was no— credible way to have them fight again and the hulk not get his ass kicked because what we saw in that fight is what we already know which is that thanos is about as strong as the hulk like especially with an infinity stone yeah Um, but already he's we already know he's like really really strong with nothing and then he actually knows how to fight. Like, he's a really good fighter. And in all fighting, brute strength, like, loses out to proper technique. And Thanos seems like he'd be a real, like, technician. So he'd probably always be able to win that fight. Like, like a karate master would always be able to, like, take on the big, burly, muscle guy.
0: Right. And, of course, when Bruce is wearing uh, the gauntlet, Thanos is actually not there. Hmm. Because by, by the time he takes it, so he doesn't even, there's not the chance where well you could use the infinity gauntlet and kick thanos's ass as professor hulk but by the time that 2014 thanos is brought to the present uh bruce has already taken it off because of just the damage it it did to his arm so that was a a showdown we were never going to see and yeah as entertaining as that scene is when we first see professor hulk and he's at breakfast with the selfies and all that it's it's funny but uh, I don't know, I just, uh, I just wanted to see him be, be Hulk one last time. I did love how embarrassed he was seeing the past Hulk when they go to 2011, basically they visit the Avengers movie. He's just, he's just got his head covered, he sh- you know, he's got his eyes covered, he's shaking his head, and, and it's just like, it's so embarrassing to watch Hulk do this. So I, I thought that that was really funny. David, what did you think of Fat Thor.
2: Well, as a fat guy, I can understand how he, you know, I can understand his feelings. Well, um, you know, look, I, I, don't, I, I can't say I know
0: exactly uh, your body type, but I'm sure it happened for a similar reason, that at one point you were cut like Chris Hemsworth and then it was your fault that half of living life in the galaxy died and you went on a little bit of a spiral, you know, so it, no one can blame you for whatever happened.
2: Yeah, but mine was more tasty cakes than it was beer. But yes, yeah, so I can understand.
0: I mean, look, there's, there's everybody, different strokes for different folks. There's different ways to go about it. But in terms of uh, the actual character, I thought they did this great job of, you know, Thor just. Being like, I don't know. As guardians, are not going to be in touch with their feelings, you Mm -hmm. know. In Ragnarok, when he references the fact that he and Jane are broken up, you can see it's something that really bothers him. He's like, "No, it's it's fine, yeah." Mm -hmm. And so this is just that amped up. I don't know, by like a hundred pounds or something.
1: To that exact point, uh, everybody's saying that this was a reversal of Ragnarok. I thought this was the perfect continuation because the one with thing that, yeah. we see in Ragnarok is that he doesn't handle losing well. Right. He lost Jane; he didn't handle that well. He lost his hammer; he handled it extremely poorly. Like he became a mess. So to think that he like lost so, f- like finally to Thanos, and all he could do is cut his head off, and there was no satisfaction in that, even like. Of course he was going to spiral out. Of course he was just going to become like a a mess. There was nowhere else for him to go. That's exactly who that character was. You know, you referenced something, and I remember when
0: I saw it the first time I wrote it down, it's right at the 20-minute mark that uh, Thor cuts off Thanos' head. Uh, when they have that, basically, that assault on Titan, the Mad Titan, as it were, they do that, and I'm just like, oh, man, they they get him. Now, granted, it's all for naught because he's already destroyed the stones. I just didn't expect 20 minutes into the movie we were going to get that, and I definitely didn't expect to see him get his head chopped off. Uh, I was kind of really impressed that they went for it. I liked watching them all work together. Uh, I thought that... You know, the idea that Captain Marvel could beat Thanos by herself, that's fine. She's supposed to think that because of how she's like been so powerful for 20-plus years. Uh, I like that she needed all the help, but anytime she took on Thanos, you're like, oh, yeah, she's giving him a real run for his money, but she can't do this herself. I thought it was a great balance. I think her character works really well in this context. But, uh, David, what did you think— about just sitting there watching, twenty minutes in, Thanos' head gets chopped off.
2: I couldn't get over how easy it was, except for the fact that then I noticed that the gems were gone. Yeah, no, no, so once, once it, yeah. Once I the, the stones gone.
0: are destroyed, like, you're like, okay, now it makes sense.
2: Yes, because at first you're like, okay, you know, even they were shocked. Are like, he's got no troops with him. He's got nobody with him. My wife even leaned over. She goes, "There's no way he's by himself." Sure enough, he's by himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't
0: need it until he destroyed the stones. What was it? Just two days earlier, you know? So, uh, yeah, I I thought uh, it 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 sort of... And I like kind of like homebody farmer Thanos. You know, Mm -hmm. he's just, uh, he's out picking some fruit. He's like, whatever. Just, uh, this is the life that uh, I promised the universe. I know that everybody's grateful. Everybody loves Thanos. Uh, It sounds like a sitcom, which I'd probably watch. Everybody loves Thanos. But uh, yeah,
1: I I thought it was kind of interesting to see him
0: sort of at the, really at the end of his story,
1: timeline-wise. Well, it makes sense because Thanos was still on that mission and he'd been on it as far as back as, uh, well, so just a great thing i saw was uh obviously thanos kills half of gamora's population but in guardians she's listed as the last of her race oh that's right. so clearly yeah, yeah. the rest of them died off so he never went back to check on if it helped because it didn't it they clearly did off. not help yeah uh, what,
0: uh david i know you only have a uh, limited time so i wanted to kind of give you a chance to steer the conversation for other things you did like if there's anything that stands out that maybe didn't work for you uh what what are some of the big takeaways from the movie for you
2: um, I, I was really impressed. Like, I was kind of laughing. I was like, so at the very end of the movie, Gamora was gone. And I was like, where did she go? Like, she just was gone. And I was like, okay, I guess Guardians 3 will be kind of like the search for Gamora. Yeah. You know, throwing back Star Trek again. Um, and then I was thinking, well, you know, uh, they even threw in a, as Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a current uh, comic series going on right now, which kind of made me laugh too. Yeah. Uh, I, by
0: the way, uh, if uh, Guardians 3 uh, has Thor in it and that's the James Gunn script that everybody was like, yeah, we kind of really want to use it, I get it. I mean, uh, I liked the two Guardians movies, but uh, infinitely more excited about it if it's got Thor on the ship. I loved that dynamic at the end. You know, everybody's just like, you should you should fight to see who should lead. And, and everybody just piles on. Like, Rocket's like... Yeah, I got blasters if you need them, or, or knives. And Mantis is like, "Oh yes,
1: knives." And it's just like, "Oh, that dynamic is perfect." Well, it's because Thor is the embodiment of everything Star Lord. It was like trying to purport to be right. originally, right? <laughs> like he's their de facto leader because he has these leadership qualities. But it's like, what you don't know who I am just by the name Star Lord, yeah. whereas like everyone knows the name Thor. Like yeah. that's not going to be everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, Thor, shit." Okay, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. Uh, what were, uh, what were
0: some other, uh, key takeaways for you, David?
2: Um, well, one of my favorites I see, I always, I'm a big fan of the battle scenes. Like sure, I always yeah. love the, the intricacies of the battle scenes. So when, when the hammer flew off and you saw, and before it even went into cap's hand, I was like, Holy crap. They're going to let cap carry the hammer. So like, and then I was like, what, what, how I say, cause he's worthy. And that's exactly what it was.
0: Yeah, and uh, I actually didn't expect that to be the moment until he grabs it. But I'm like, oh, my God, that's so awesome that he grabs it. And, you know, they definitely set this moment up. You know, look, a lot of people want to discount Age of Ultron. But I think the first half hour or so of that movie is actually a lot of great fun when they're just hanging out. Stands there with the old drinking buddies, caps World War II buddies. And there is that moment where you see that Steve budges Mjolnir. But I think Thor kind of takes it away from him. He's like, all right, that's enough of that. But there's also the argument that he wasn't quite worthy yet to actually lift it because at that point Cap was really full of himself. He, His journey from Ultron, especially through Civil War and then throughout the course of these five years, he truly becomes humbled. He's able to admit that I don't know best just because I'm Captain America. He can apologize to Tony. You know, they're able to make amends. He's a much better person. At that moment. So he's certainly worthy uh, to wield it. Is that did that go into your thinking about that moment,
2: David? Yeah, I mean, he's more than the shield. And that that's what you could tell by that moment when he's standing out there in front of Thanos and his entire army by himself with a broken shield after having a crap beat out of him. He's more than the shield. So that's that was that was kind of, I guess, what made him worthy. And then Thor saying, I knew it all along. I mean, that, that was pretty damn funny, too.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought that was great. Best joke in the movie might have been like, no, you take the little one.
0: I love that. Yeah, when when, <laughs> when uh, Cap ends up holding Stormbreaker. Yeah, of course he should take the little one. But uh, I, that, so that was good. so great. And, yeah, I just love the fact that they figure out a way for, uh, for Thor to have both. It's funny that they visit, uh, they go to Thor the Dark World, which, I think for a lot of people, it is their least favorite Marvel movie. It's not saying that that's everyone. For me, it's definitely my least favorite. Uh, I didn't remember a lot about it. I'm inclined to watch it again, though, now Mm. that
1: I I saw this. Interestingly enough, I went back and watched a lot of other Marvel movies before this, including Thor... The first Thor, right? I liked it so much more than I have ever liked it before. Like the finally, first going Thor. back, yeah, yeah, going back and watching it now. I don't know what was wrong with me before. That's a good movie.
0: I always liked the first Thor, and then the second I thought was a, was a bit of a stumble. But I, uh, I, you know, but then they, you know, steered the ship uh, correctly for Ragnarok. <coughs> Uh, Jeff showing off that he's opening another can of not beer, but uh, I was doing of, I was
1: doing it theater stuff. Yeah. Theater, you, where you yeah. fake yeah. cough to cover we, the crack. What were you
2: gonna say, David? I like to think that when when Cap you know took the hammer and was taking all the stones to go put them all back at the very end of the movie, that he did something really funny with the hammer because I know he just basically went back to Dark World to put the you know, they put the hammer, I mean, like he literally could have set it down in the middle of the floor yeah. and, you know, Thor's going to summon it somewhere along the line, but you know, like stick it outside of like Loki's door to his, you know, his bedroom or something. (laughs) So he couldn't get out or, you know, just do something really funny with it, put it like on top of the toilet. So he can't go to the bathroom or something Yeah. to me. That's, the humor of that just seemed like it would be something kind of really funny.
0: Yeah. And look, I, I I think it would be fun if they ever wanted to do like a, I don't know, like a graphic novel tie in of like, let's watch cap bring all these things back. Uh, Speaking of cap traveling back, what do you think? Yeah. Jeff and I talked a little bit about it at the top of the show. What did you think about cap going back to finally get that dance from Peggy?
2: It's the only way short of him dying. It's the only possible way that could have ended. Like, for me, read as much – I mean, I haven't read a lot of the comics, but Old Cap is pretty much how that movie had to end for him to me. So, like, him getting that dance and him getting to live his life with her, that didn't shock me. My more thing was, is okay, so he went back. Is there still a Captain America frozen in the ice somewhere? So is there two of them? The, the answer is, is he- yes, There
0: there is. And you just have to do the old thing of then you do follow the Back to the Future rules. You don't want to interact with him because you don't want him to see that that's what happens. But uh, also I mentioned the Russo brothers feel very strongly that Cap traveling back creates kind of like a pocket universe alternate timeline sort of thing, which Create some problems, which we tried to address. But, uh, yeah, it it raises some questions, though. That's safe to say.
1: Just, like, I think going forward, the de facto rule of thumb for everyone is, like, anytime they went back to the past and interacted with anything, they created a new timeline. Like, there are that many new timelines of possible different right, universes. Right, because Loki disappears with the Tesseract. Right? But that also means that in future movies, you could do something like having Loki come back, because he now has time Infinity Stone, if he could get uh, access to the Quantum Realm the same way Cap did, you'd think he'd be able to come back to the Prime Universe.
0: Right, exactly. And, I mean, I think for a lot of people, Loki disappearing is a bigger issue. I'm like, Thor has never had a problem finding Loki. Yeah. It's going to be Fine. He, at some point, will get Loki, he'll get the Tesseract, everything will be the way it's supposed to be, but yes, that created an alternate timeline. You have the great moment in the elevator where you think you're going to get another elevator scene, like from Winter Soldier, but instead, you just get Cap with the infamous... Hell Hydra, which mm. uh, when it happened in comic books in the last few years was a really big deal, but uh, so yeah, you you create a lot of different. There's a lot of different ripple effects, which is definitely a an existing time travel theory that just changing one thing, it's more like that butterfly effect. So. In all these different places that you time travel back to. So you go back to 1970, you create some ripples back there as well. So I don't know. I, I don't think they'll ever fully explore it. I don't think that they need to, though. It's it's okay. It's comic books. It's time travel. It's it is all pretend. So, uh, you shut your mouth. You're so. right. I, you know what? I, 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 withdrawn your honor. I, uh, I strike that from the record. Uh, David, I know you have to go in a minute or two, so I wanted to, uh, give you a chance for some more final thoughts
2: here. Um, it, I felt the same way you did. I mean, I didn't necessarily cry. I did get choked up during the, uh, the Cassie thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, you saw,
0: yeah, because let me explain, because I mentioned that on Marvel Movie News. So there are three times that I cried. The first was when Scott, uh, he panics and he reads to see if Cassie's still alive. And he goes to see her and she answers the door. But of course, she's five years older now. The crazy thing about me is that I cried the second time and I knew that she was there and she was older. It doesn't matter because it's a parental thing. And, you know, as a parent, it's just like, oh, yeah, I can't imagine the way that Scott feels right now. He's Ant-Man and he's funny. But in that moment, I I couldn't have related to him anymore. So you're saying you agreed you you didn't cry because you're clearly more of a real man than me. But uh, you you sort of understood that feeling in that moment, right?
2: No, right. Exactly. Well, see, I have a daughter too. So for me, yeah. I totally understand. Like, since I've had a kid, the more I see movies that have things similar to that, I do get more choked up in them and they do affect me differently than they would have before I had a kid. So I totally understand like, where you were coming with that. My only thing was, is, my, and my wife noticed it too, she goes, there's no way that's his daughter. She's more than five years old, older. Because she, she's like, her daughter was like seven or eight before. Now she's like 15 or 18. I'm like going... Well, they they probably cast an older actress and just sort of playing her down some, and it's just kind of skewed. Yeah, a bit.
0: I think I think uh, you know uh, our friend Will Sterling. A lot of times, when your explanation I- I- is something on that level of minutia, the answer is always because comic books. Um, because uh, I
1: know you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's it's easy to imagine that that little girl, as much as we thought she was like seven or eight or nine, could have been like ten, ten or eleven, or eleven, yeah. and it's like. Uh, even if she was not like, say she was nine, which perfectly fits with the little girl. Uh, a, like, 14, 15-year-old girl can look can exactly look like that. that That's, like, exactly when they mature that level. Right. Enough. Exactly.
0: Uh, so uh, the uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, because, again, as a parent, uh, the uh, the death of Tony Stark was basically a rolling cry for me. It started small. It got big when Peter comes over and he's like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, we won! I'm like, oh, God damn it. That's like another father figure in Peter's life that's gone. His real dad, Uncle Ben, and now Tony Stark. Because you just knew that that's what was happening there. Uh, But then it it continued. It goes through Tony giving the message that he recorded, and at the end he says, I love you 3000. I'm like, God damn it, Tony Stark, how did you do this to me? You know, (laughs) How how did uh, Robert Downey Jr. do this to me? Uh, But uh, what did you think of Tony's sacrifice and uh the way his demise was presented in the film
2: um well i mean i kind of knew like well for one it was kind of spoiled to me back in like december when there was like some release of a, a page from uh far from home that came out and in it like the very first line it says peter you know Peter mourns the loss of Tony Stark. I was like, son of a bitch. Seriously. I hope this isn't true. Wow. I did not see that. Did you see that Jeff? Okay. I didn't see that.
1: So, so that confirms what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I kept hoping it wasn't real. So, but I kind of knew like he was probably going to end up dying just mainly because every movie he kept feeling like he was going to be the only one that survived. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, foreshadowing that he was going to be the one that dies. I actually, I thought he was going to die in infinity war when, thanos stabbed him to be honest but i thought uh, that
0: in in the moment uh seeing it for the first time but uh yeah clearly that wasn't the
1: case my guess is that the reason that this was the one that strange picked is because this was the version where tony fought thanos so hard that he made him bleed and earned his respect before the snap yeah or before he gets the time stone like he's about to kill tony's like i respect you i hope they mourn you here's the time stone so, don't yeah. kill Tony because, and now it's like when everybody else there except Tony and Nebula disappear because those are the only two people Thanos like cares about. Yeah. Oh, which I thought was interesting. That's
0: an Infinity War question is, you know, the fact that the people who annoyed him, which were all of the Guardians of the Galaxy, were gone. I mean, not Nebula, which technically didn't count. But, uh, you know, Quill was gone first because, mm-hmm. you, oh, you're the most annoying. Um, anyway, David, I do know, <laughs> speaking of being a parent, I know you have to uh, go back to some uh, parental duties, but uh, we appreciate. <laughs> you <laughs> oh duty we appreciate you uh, carving some time out uh for those of us here in black cast nation
2: not a problem i always i'll always carve out time for black cast nation considering i'm the only one in this well actually that's not true mark hunt's up in i think he's columbus right oh yeah i forgot you're in ohio yeah that's uh
0: yeah mark hunt is uh also in columbus he's a Columbus Blue Jackets season ticket holder. So he's somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we appreciate it. And if if you would like people to follow you on Twitter, where would they do that?
2: It's at, oh God, you're going to ask me this. Uh, it's under, I think it's David Hines underscore 13, because God knows I couldn't find anything else closer to my real name.
0: What was the 13 for?
2: My birthday. Oh, okay. Remember, I have a
0: oh yeah yeah so david underscore heinz 13 that i i confirmed that just now uh well david uh we uh will we'll continue the conversation uh, online and then tweets and comments as you hear our multitude of episodes about this but we appreciate you taking the time to be a part of this one
2: no problem thank you anytime all right thanks a lot no problem thank you
0: do you need to take that because i saw it was chris yeah, okay right. now when do you have to leave to go get natasha to go to the movie?
1: Uh just like sometime not too late after 4. Okay, I think I'm that's fine. I'm going to be able to meet her there.
0: All right. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish talking to you and then I'll record uh Jennifer Yard just by myself. Um so I'll I'll cut you loose. Um So I'm not quite sure where we're going to steer the conversation now but you and I'll talk till basically 4 right now. Okay. Uh, always fun to be joined by a member uh, in a member in good standing of Black Cast Nation. You know, uh, he's mm-hmm. not our patron. Like uh, he Matt likes Casey. our tweets, yeah. so we
1: like him. That's
0: that's all it really takes. We don't need much. Uh, so uh, you know, we kind of rushed through a lot of topics while we were talking to David. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to circle back on that uh, we you know we hmm. kind of had to brush through? I mean, uh, the importance the importance of certain characters in this story that maybe I didn't foresee when I sat down to see Infinity War, you know, just how important Doctor Strange is. Obviously, it makes sense. But the key role that Nebula plays in this. Mm. I think, first of all, she's great in this movie. It's like, it finally pays off for Karen Gillan. It's just, no one is gonna recognize her from this movie. But this is the first time where I thought she was great. I loved her playing the little paper football game with Tony at the beginning of the movie. Just like, yes, what else are you gonna do for 22 days passing
1: time? But I feel like this is the movie that got her that Jumanji thing, which has gotten her plenty of uh, recognition and notoriety. Um, I remembered one thing I wanted to say, which is, when you guys were when we were talking with David, uh, I realized that one of the big character developments between Cap and Tony in this uh, entire Avengers arc is in the first Avengers when Cap and Tony first meet. Cap says to Tony, "You're not the guy who's gonna like sacrifice yourself. You're not the one who's gonna like lay down oh, yeah. and put yourself on the line and like do it to let everybody else get ahead." And that's exactly what he does in the end. And in another way. It's like we see Cap is always trying to represent himself as completely selfless and doing only things for everybody else and how miserable that has made him. And then in the end, he takes a note from Tony's book and goes back and does something selfish, but it's like great and selfless in other ways. Yeah. And he's
0: done so much at that point. He's earned it. But yeah, I think that it's it's a great reflection of Tony's character throughout all 11 years of movies is you don't know that. The guy in Iron Man 1 or even Iron Man 2, I don't think he's willing to have that level of self-sacrifice. Even
1: the Avengers, Tony, Yeah, he brings that, like, so they say that in the beginning of the movie because at the end of the movie he's the one carrying the nuke through the hole so he might die. Like, there's yeah. no guaranteed way back. But he's doing that with a hope that he'll survive. Like, oh, well, yeah. please let me get back through when he does the snap he knows it's going to kill him it's like let me drive this dagger into my heart cuz that's what'll save everybody else like there's it's a cause and effect relationship not to be confused with Rex and effect by yes. the way i mean
0: check <laughs> microphone check 1 2 uh, but yeah i think that you get some you get really great arcs for these characters i mean caps you you see even him become a better person tony who starts as not a great person does become a good person although there is still the very selfish notion of if we're going to do this we're not going to undo it I need to make sure that my daughter exists. I can't undo this reality. A lot of times, that's what happens in these kind of movies. That's the sacrifice. The sacrifice that Tony has to make is that he doesn't have his daughter anymore because for whatever reason, you go back, he and Pepper don't end up together, blah, 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 blah. So the fact that he needs that to happen, I thought, is great because you know, when they first pitch him the idea before he figures out how to do it, he's just like, yeah, this that's my second chance right there is is his daughter. And I think the scenes with Tony and his daughter are great. I mean, that's that's why it's so heart wrenching when she's just sitting there talking to Happy uh, about like she just wants cheeseburgers. Your dad loves cheeseburgers. But just the look on her face, the actress they got to play her is does a fantastic job because she has that sort of that just that pain of watching her father, who she knows is dead, talk to her one last time, even though she knows it's not real. And just, you know, how heart wrenching that is. So his story, I think, it is great. Uh, it's kind of, it's it's like a fun little added thing that pepper gets some armor you know yeah. I I think that's that's all I see that as it's like I don't think anybody was clamoring for it maybe maybe Gwyneth Paltrow was like it be sure would be fun although she does uh, doesn't she end up in one of the suits of armor in Iron Man 3 just in Iron, Iron Man
1: 3 she gets covered in the armor to save her when oh, they're blowing up yeah. the house that's but then she also gets the Extremis powers gets dropped from a helicopter gets back up and then like blows fire on Guy yeah, Pierce yeah, yeah. So. take that Guy <laughs> Pierce so, So, in any case... uh, And I didn't mean like she farted on him. No, which, by the way, that would be... That's a one kind of fire.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so much to uh, sort through uh, in in the weeks ahead, but uh, we have a few more minutes here. Just thinking of a a few more things that uh, that I'd like to talk about. It's so hard with this movie... Uh, Bing. forgot which of my shows I was doing right now, the one that if you say that you have to uh, and I, I have like pages and pages of notes that uh, will gradually go through but uh, it's a lot of it is just like moments that I liked. And some of them were questions that I had as I watched that were either answered later in the movie or upon careful reflection about the time travel and things like that that uh, that we've already touched on. But I think that it, it's it's great to kind of see, The sort of the realization of Thanos when we get to that 20 minute mark, you know, it's like that really is the end of the Infinity War. It's really the the end of everything we'd been building to up until that point. Then this is just that extra point, you know, Mm -hmm. the five years later where uh, just imagine, by the way, if that rat hadn't been crawling around in Scott Lang's storage at that exact moment and tapped that exact
1: button. uh, He'd still be in the quantum realm. (laughs) Maybe Dr. Strange saw that, too
0: that's true that that was the this is the one reality where that happened where the rat where has to crawl happened. on yeah. the thing like there's,
1: that you'd have to see that exact thing what had to happen
0: yeah and, and it's like oh but there's there's a reality where Tony would be willing to sacrifice but Scott stays trapped in the uh, in the quantum realm uh, and I I think it's great that uh, he gets to be a part of the bigger picture you know I, I love when he shows up and they're like is, is this a tape? Like, no, this is right now. It's like, hey, maybe you guys don't remember me. You know, I'm Ant-Man. I was really big at the airport. <laughs> uh, so and good. I do like a lot of the dynamics uh, that I think that this is, that Grody, Grody, he's so Grody. No, Grody has some great moments, uh, especially, you know, trying to cool down Carol. Like, all right, new girl, settle down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and the interesting thing is that the mid-credit scene from Captain Marvel that is clearly from the filming of this movie is not included in this movie Mm -hmm. because really you don't need it. You're already at three hours and two minutes and some people are like, okay, so did that not happen? I'm like, no, I think that happened and it was intended for this movie but they're like, everybody's seen it. Let's not do that and it also explains like Carol's just flying along, happens to come across Tony and Nebula right before they die. I figure that scene happens and they're like can you since you can fly in space and can you go find our friend and she's like oh yeah i can totally find your friend it's not going to be that hard because you know there's not a lot of a lot of terrans slash humans just floating around in space i'm pretty sure i can find him
1: yeah i mean the chances of her just happening upon him are like zero right but that's what
0: it seemed like in the moment you know so it's i feel like I don't know. I, I feel like there's more to that scene from the mid-credits, obviously, mm-hmm. because all she says at the end is, where's Fury? And it's just implied that they explain everything to her and she's willing to help. Uh, I think the movie flows along better. At it's three hour and two minute mark yeah uh without having that in there because you're at like 307 by that point
1: they really didn't need more and here's that's a that does bring up another thing for me and I, maybe this is less specifically endgame related oh, and more yeah. brie larson and the future of things related sure. i liked how powerful she was to some extent like it was badass when she was fighting thanos and he headbutts her and she's just like good one bitch yeah like that was badass but at the same time, it's also just like, I don't know, it's just like her being that powerful should be more exciting, and it's just not.
0: Yeah, I don't I feel like she, uh, she, the character, it's funny because this was filmed before she filmed mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, but I feel like there's a better handle on the character in this movie, probably because so much of what she does is VFX, mm. you know? So it's it, some of it is clearly her performance is different, but... This is also a Carol that's like 20 plus years after the end of that movie. Uh, so she's been Captain Marvel, although she never calls herself that. She's been Captain Marvel for all this time.
1: You know? I think Brie Larson just needs to get better in the interviews. Because I think it's like you watch some of these interviews and I'm like, I love Brie Larson. I loved her in so many movies. I love her as an actress. And then I see some of these Marvel interviews and I'm like, why are you just being annoying right now? Right. Like, and, and I, I know I, you're a bit cooler than this. I think you're that, just being annoying. I think that that colors
0: a lot of people's uh, impression of her on screen in these movies. Exactly. And the example that I started using is like, it's hard for me musically to think of anybody that's a bigger douche and pain in the ass than Michael Stipe from REM. I'm not an REM fan, but you know what? They have a few great songs. And I don't like him even remotely. So you don't have to like Brie Larson. And if what she's doing on screen you don't feel like works for you, that's fine. But Look, it can be hard to dismiss somebody's personal life and their baggage. I always use the example that, to me, Tom Cruise is probably the greatest actor of our generation because of the fact we all know how crazy he is. Mm. We saw him on that couch. We saw him jumping up and down. All that weird stuff. We've seen the videos of him just maniacally laughing uh, about Scientology and uh, David Miscavige and, uh, uh, you know, R- uh, LRH. is uh, That's what the cool kids call around Hubbard. Mm. And then you see him in a movie. And with, for me, anyway, a few minutes in, I'm like, yeah, this is Ethan Hunt. He's on the uh, possible Missions Force. <laughs> I, I don't think anything of it. I don't, I don't even think of Risky Business. He's a good it, actor. He's a, he's a good actor. And I think Brie Larson's a good actor. I just think that a lot of people... She's definitely rubbed a, a fan base the wrong way. And to her... She doesn't care about that. Uh, but it's but, like
1: that's the big problem. The reason these movies have been so successful is because they did such a great job with casting where it's like we're watching characters from the page like living. Like yeah. Chris uh, um, Chris Evans. God, there's so many Chris's in this. Chris, Chris Evans. Pratt, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans is Captain America outside of Captain America. At least they've made him live that way for the last 10 years. And I understand that's maybe why he wants to get away from it. But it's like every depiction of Chris Evans that you see is this wholesome, kind, nice guy who's not doing mean or bad things to anyone ever.
0: Right, but the flip side of that is there are people that feel like you know his politics are on a, the very. I don't. I not want to say he's like left wing, but mm. it's on the left end of the spectrum. Sure. So there are a lot of people that are like, "No, you're Captain America." It's like it's like saying that that's not my president, whether it's Obama or Trump. You want to say it's not my president? It's like you can say that, but he's the president, so he's actually your president. So he's like, "You're my uh, captain." But according Am- to Cap, if Red Skull was president, <laughs> you think he's going to be like, yeah. "Hello, <laughs> Mr. President." Right? Exactly. So I, I I think that some people do feel like I, I kind of want you to be. My Captain America, and by Chris Evans doing that, not that he shouldn't be able to speak his mind, but uh, to your point, you know,
1: th- I don't know, there's not TMZ videos of him getting drunk and for sure, you know. and that stuff probably is he probably got a lot of pressure from that stuff. That's probably also part of the reason why he wants to get away from the role so yeah. they can speak his mind so because they can he's probably keep the beard, yeah, but it's like you get told, like, yo, dude, don't don't say that stuff because yeah. you're Captain America so you need to represent America yeah and it's same with like Chris Hemsworth it's like he just seems like he's this fun loving like whatever dude and it's like that's who Thor is uh, just and Robert Downey Jr. like he speaks like Tony Stark, so it made perfect sense that he would be Tony yeah. Stark.
0: Yeah. No, when he's being Sherlock Holmes, he's still Tony Stark. Yeah. You know, I, it's going to be interesting the next time that I see uh, I see Robert Downey Jr. and I feel like oh, he's actually not Tony Stark in this movie because mm-hmm. I, I don't know how he comes up with that, but I I, I do understand your point and my uh, my I think not controversial take that I I want to put to agent Starling Will Sterling when he's with us next week is this is a much better movie but she because, look, a, a lot of people want to like compare Captain Marvel to Wonder Woman. They're totally different movies. I don't know anyone that legitimately feels that Captain Marvel is, is a better movie than Wonder Woman. But if you do, it's fine. That's great. I don't care about that part at all. But I do feel like she operates in a team dynamic better than Wonder Woman does in Justice League. But, again, Justice League is a garbage movie. So that's part of the problem. And I know that uh, our friend John Nolan saw it seven times. So I, I don't literally mean that. But it wasn't great. Great. So uh, I think that Carol, The it's funny because that's they only ever call her Carol in the movie, that the Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel just is able to interact in the world. And it's like, look, Cap was really cocky when he first, uh, you know, and, and so was Tony. That's why they were like oil and water. I think she works really well in a team dynamic. And if they can give you that feeling in a Captain Marvel 2 of, I don't know, I felt like she worked a lot better in this movie. Uh, and I, I think that they'll they'll be able to
1: kind of learn from this going forward. I think what they need is somebody to, or some way of her acknowledging that she needs to grow and just acknowledging it's like, yeah, everything that's pissing you off about this character is what we need to grow, her for, to grow from. Like right now she's yeah. the cocky, annoying Air Force pilot. We're going to grow her into your impression of Captain Marvel. You've just only seen her when she was young in the 90s, and then these glimpses in Endgame. Yeah. You haven't gotten to see this development that we have planned in between that. And If that's what the case is, then cool. I get it. Yeah. But right now, I'm just like, uh, all I see is she comes on. She kind of annoys me. I'm like, an actress I liked I don't like in this role yet. I
0: I like that she was super powerful in the movie. She actually is able to pull the Infinity Gauntlet off, but... She's not invincible, you know, and uh, Thanos obviously thinking about pulling the one stone and then just, you know, basically sending her, I don't know how far away she flew when he did that. But it's just like, he's like, oh, you're probably the strongest person I've ever run into, but anyway, I'm still going to kick your
1: ass. Yeah. Well, it's almost the same thing with the Hulk fight, right? Where it was like, yeah, Hulk is the strongest there is, except if I turn on the power stone, I'm the strongest there is.
0: Right, exactly. But (laughs) Thor is the strongest Avenger, as, as has been clearly established. Anyway, so much more to discuss about Avengers Endgame. Let us know your thoughts, your questions, and concerns in the comments for this episode. You can leave that on Facebook. You can tweet us at Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, That'll work, uh, and you can of course tweet me at Christian DMZ. Jeff can be found at Jeff Duray, and uh, our, our, you know, we're getting very close. Speaking of social media, to a certain milestone for our friend Zia's Instagram page. That uh, if she gets to a thousand followers, uh, Jeff will be cre- recreating uh, some photo shoots that she's done, and there've been some good ones lately. Mm. So follow her at Zia underscore Land, and if you uh, get it up to a thousand by next week. We'll have a big announcement about a great big Jeff DeRay fashion show coming up. Fashion
1: show. Fashion shoot. 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 Fashion shoot shoot
0: at lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, that's all the time we have for now. But we will be back next week. We will talk more Avengers Endgame. We will have more special guests. That'll be next time on the Blackout. (laughs) Bling, bling, bling.
1: Just the